And the guy stopped right in the intersection and looked at me and then four butts, bare butts, came out the window and just mooned me. And I was kind of like, wow, that's pretty good. And the police car, obviously saw it, went around my car and, you know, turned on the siren and I, I made it home. And I think that's when I really had made it. You know, I think that's, <laughs> I've arrived. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. We didn't try to train quarterbacks, you know, we tried to raise kids. The moral of the story is take your 10-year-old son to Hooters. A podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have the most famous big brother in the NFL, Cooper Manning, as he shares how to win a college panel discussion, impersonating Peyton, and how football translates to business. Last week, we had on John Acuff to help us keep our New Year's resolutions. This week, we celebrate the beginning of the NFL playoffs with Cooper Manning, and I begin by asking, had he ever been mistaken for one of his brothers? Are are both of your uh, younger siblings disappointments as well? Yes, yes. Big disappointments. Uh, One of them, you know, all he's become is like a model, which is really disappointing. He still hasn't caught up to me yet. Uh, I should have been a model. Actually, a lot of people tell me I should have been a model. Have you ever been mistaken for one of your brothers? Have you? I've uh, I've used that to my advantage over the the last 20 years in in many cases. I think in college, uh, Eli kissed a lot of girls, you know, you know, <laughs> he was at home, he was 15, but you know, and I was in college, it worked out for, perfectly. No, um, yeah, I, we get mistaken a lot and I've, I've put Peyton in probably some terrible situations, you know, in, in a lobby of a hotel and they think it's Peyton and I, you know, Hey, let's go, let's go have a drink. Let's buy me a drink. And we start talking and I just, you know, play along. I throw a couple pretzels at him, you know, pretending that I'm throwing motion and just, uh, it's all fun. You know, it's f- this funny. This podcast is different for me because I normally, when I do an interview, I wear clothes. For, for me to be completely <laughs> naked today in this podcast, it's got to be a touch uncomfortable for you, Brian. Well, you know, it's, it happens. But, uh, you know, sharing an ice bath with somebody, it, it happens. We really wanted to go with the NFL feel for this. And uh, so slosh around. Luckily, we were able to edit that out in post. It's work. I'm, I'm not as sore as I thought I am. I mean, I'm not nervous. I'm not sweating. I'm cold. And... Uh, and, and things are things are getting smaller. As you have progressed along, you know you're a wide receiver. Uh, I know Eli is famous for throwing some bad balls and making other people famous with their amazing catches. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham that helped out. Sure. Uh, how how bad were Peyton's passes to you in high school that you were able to do some of your big recruiting picks? You know, it's funny. Um, when I was being recruited, I was a senior, and uh, and or I guess you know senior and Peyton was a sophomore. And we had a great year. That it was a fun year, and I was sending my tape out, et cetera. And people were getting some some looks, and they're going, "Oh, it's you know, it's a pretty good looking receiver here." We get a few offers. They go, "But who is that skinny kid throwing those balls right on the dime?" <laughs> like Page is about six one, about a buck sixty, and he's just putting everything right on the spot. I didn't make any amazing catches. He was so accurate that uh, my, my recruiting, recruiting. I heard my recruiting. Typically, you know, Peyton, you know, jumps to the jumps ahead, but. Um, yeah, I got some looks, but he was. It I might have accelerated his recruiting process by uh, running good routes and being, just catching everything right in the hands because there was no need to uh, to alter. He was, 
he's, he's been good for a long time. As, as somebody who kind of comes from this family, what are some of the things that you learned maybe from your dad or others? Uh, I was thinking about you having this re- unique thing. So I'm, you know, speaker agent, I book speakers for events mm-hmm. and people are like, well, how does this football, how does that translate to business? How are those manning things? You actually are a really successful business person from energy, you know, from, from being an energy company now with a real estate company. What are some of those things that you learned growing up from your dad or mom or whatever that you're able to actually use in real life? You know, sports and, and business are not that far apart, and especially when you're dealing with people. And uh, I think you can look around most good companies have good people, and that's and they've got to look to the top and see that you're hustling and that you're accountable and they can trust you and they believe in you. And uh, that's no different than you know looking in the eyes of a quarterback in the huddle. You know, there's a you know you can look at a guy and say this is this is we're not we're not going anywhere. We're gonna we're heading to the house early, and this company's not going anywhere. And and um, and I feel fortunate to be around great people. And you know, to keep them, you have to be continuing to challenge them and to motivate them. You don't. You don't have to even say it. You don't have to talk about how passionate you are about the business. It's gotta. It's gotta ooze out of you and hustle. And uh, and that's what's great. And then and then when you have success, and it feels so good, and everybody you know shares in it. They know it's not all about you. It's everybody. The, the last guy on the roster is just as happy as the. Uh, you know, as a star player. So um, I feel fortunate. I've worked with a lot of great people, played with a lot of great people, great friends, and uh, it's, um, it's been a fun ride. When did you know that you had arrived? Ah, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I was asked that. I was asked one time, I was asked to speak one weekend, kind of a last minute, hey, we got a spot on this panel. There's like a FedEx guy and a person who worked at NASA and some private equity guy had made a you know, a gillion dollars. And I was like 28, completely unqualified to be on this panel in any way, shape or form. And I had not spoken. It was about an hour deal. I'm probably 40 minutes into it. I haven't even gotten a question thrown my way. About 500 people in there, these seniors and juniors in college looking for some some lifelong tips on where to go in their career. And the question question was, when did you know you had made it? And so this FedEx lady is getting ready to say, I said, would you mind? Let me have that that one. You know, I said, I was a freshman at Ole Miss, and we had gone through two-a-days, and we had finally got a, a night off about a weekend before school started, and we went out, took, I took three or four linemen with me, jumped in the car, went down to the local watering hole and had a few pitchers of beer. Had to be home for bed check at 11 o'clock, so we got in the car at 1045. We, had, we, had, we, drank, we hadn't had a drink in a while, so we kind of stepped it up that evening and I pull out, and literally we got about 15 blocks to go to our dorm, and I get behind a, a red light, and a police car pulls up right behind me and just kind of turns on the lights. So I'm already rehearsing the conversation I'm going to have with my dad from the cell. You know, just my first arrest, maybe my second, who knows, who's counting. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of waiting for the light to turn green. And sure enough, as it's still red, one of the, the SAE house in town had a hearse. They had a hearse, just a company, you know, a town, a company car, if you will. And it was packed with kids. And the guy stopped right in the intersection and looked at me, and then four Butts, bare butts, came out the window and just mooned me. And I was kind of like, wow, that's pretty good. And the police car obviously saw it, went around my car and, you know, turned on the siren. And I, I made it home. And I think that's when I really had made it. You know, I think that's, <laughs> I've arrived. So I don't think that panel nor those students were looking for, the, uh, for that answer. But I, I do recall after that little uh, panel ended, I got the most amount of students want to come over and tell, tell another story or two. That FedEx guy kind of went, you know, went over the afternoon. 
Oh, goodness. Now, that's not the only adventure you had in college. I know you were talking about one time when you were actually impersonating Peyton. And was it before? Now, I'm from Indiana, so I'm allowed, and I live in Tennessee now, so I'm allowed to really dislike Kentucky. But was it before the Kentucky it was, Yeah, we were downtown Knoxville. I think I'm a senior. Calhoun's or no? Uh, Hooray's. Hooray's, okay. Hooray's is a good you know, downtown, and we had having a big night. It's probably 1145 before a Saturday morning Tennessee uh, game. And you know, uh, I was smoking a cigar and drinking a big scotch or something, and this big uh, head-to-toe dressed Tennessee Vol fan came over, and he's like just in a total shock, looks at me and goes, Peyton, what in the world are you doing? And I said, oh, don't worry about anything. We're just playing Kentucky tomorrow. And so he almost had a heart attack right there, and as Peyton was snuggled in bed, been asleep for about four hours, I think word spread, but I think I think we might have won in that game. I think we I think we won every game against Kentucky. Yeah, I think that usually happens. Kentucky, not not the best football school. Well, you know, good guys, yeah, right. good hoops, good horses. Now, uh, what was your favorite? Which did you like watching more for your for your brothers? Were you more into their college games or pro games? Which do you like better? Well, it's always more fun to watch a, a you know a Saturday night after a win in college. It, I don't think there's anything better in the whole world than yeah. you know a Saturday night in a college town. I'm a I'm a huge college town guy, and it's part of the business I'm in now. We, you know, we, we create college town hotels called graduate hotels. So we're in 18 different college towns, and every time I go to one, I feel like I'm a sophomore all over again. You know, you just get caught up in it. And so Saturday night football game weekends in any college town across the country, whether you're in, you know, I, and there's a couple spots I'd, I'd like to do Saturday night. And, you know, I hadn't been to Michigan yet on Saturday night or go, you know, being in South Bend or being in, in uh, Madison, Wisconsin or, you know, being out out west. So I don't think there's a better place in the world than after a win on a Saturday night in a college town. I think that's uh, that's irreplaceable. So last question here, uh, you know, talking about legacy, obviously your, your dad is famous for that. What what are maybe like the top two or three things that you've learned from your parents that you want to pass on to, to your kids? You know, whether they become these great golfers or whatever they might do, what are the things that you really want to pass along? Well, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I feel like sometimes I'm living my dad's life all over again because all my children are athletes and they compete and you're, you're, you know, you're basically chauffeuring them from field to gym to tennis court to lacrosse field to basketball to football. And um, I think you want to make sports fun for them. You want to be there. I, I, I tell them all the time, I'm not going to harp on, hey, you need to go shoot some hoops today. We need to throw. You know, we need to take, you know, go take a tennis lesson. I'll, I'll be there for you. If you want me to feed you, I'll feed you to the, you know, to the cows come home in the, in the driveway and shoot. I'll catch balls for you. I'll, I'll throw BP, but I'm not going to be there harping on it. It's got to kind of come within you. And then lastly, the biggest lesson and the hardest lesson, my dad was great at going to those games and sitting in the stands and being quiet. You know, bad refs, you know, bad shots, bad calls, bad, you know, bad teams, and just kind of being a gentleman and not getting caught up in it. And I, I try, I really try to just try to be a humble, you know, quiet human being. And uh, it's hard, especially you get in these, you know, these eight-year-old basketball games and, you know, people are double dribbling and they don't call it. And you're going, this is killing me. But uh, it's a blast. I love every minute of it. And I, I know in my heart that when my kids, as they get older, that's the one thing I'm going to miss is just, and I think that's why I'll be a heck of a grand, I'll be a better grandfather because I'll go to every one of those events. And my dad does it too. My mom does. It. They love to come to all the kids' events. It's a uh, it's 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 a blessing to live in the same town as your uh, as your parents, where they can come and see your see their grandchildren. Great. Well, Cooper, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Brian. It'll never happen again. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ING was too expensive. We will be off next week for Christmas and so that our producer, Eric, can recover from his overdose of eating Sister Schubert rolls. You'll have to Google those to figure out what they are. But anyway, we wish you and your family a great Christmas, and we'll see you back in the next year. For this episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in third person. Additional thanks to Special Consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of Dean Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Yount, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking?